What's up guys, this is All The Smoke on Strength and Physique with your hosts Adam and Chris, where we provide you with evidence-based information, community support, and recognition to all those who are bettering themselves with fitness. On this episode, we're going to talk about flexible dieting. We're going to talk about, I would say a wide range, but we're going to talk about a few main important things when it comes to flexible dieting. First and foremost, what is flexible dieting? What does that mean? Um, so yeah, I mean, flexible dieting, I would say, um, is one of the more popular approaches to, I don't even call it dieting, I would call it more of a lifestyle of learning how to actually track your intake um, of foods, um, specifically of tracking macros. And macronutrients are right protein, carbohydrates, um, and fats. And if you want to be fun like Chris, alcohol. Um, and right, I like to kind of explain it as a budget. Um, and you're allowed this budget, and they come from different sources. And like we just said, those macronutrients, um, protein and carbohydrates being um, four calories per gram, and fat being nine calories per gram. And then the fun one, alcohol being seven. Um, and you kind of build that total, and that equates to your caloric intake. Um, but then, you know, right, we are able to um, set certain macro distributions um, to based on your goals. And, you know, we're able to not label foods um, as good or bad because, right, um, it doesn't matter if it comes from, I mean, simplicity as math, right? It doesn't matter if 100 grams of broccoli is that 100 grams of uh, French fries, right? They're both 100 grams, right? One's going to be a little bit more satiating, more nutritional dense, as the other one's going to be more caloric dense. So I think that's the biggest approach with flexible dieting. So. And basically the most important thing is it's not just – eating whatever you want whenever you want like there is purpose behind what you're eating you still need to like hit your macros you need still need to focus on protein you can't just have cake and skittles 24 7 i mean you can but it just might not be the smartest way to go about your goals and it's also you need to have a plan still with flexible dieting you just can't go every day without having a plan. I mean, without a plan, you plan to fail. So, I mean, it's it's going to be hard not to have a plan and it's going to be hard to accomplish your goals if you're eating junk all the time. I mean, by junk, I mean just not focusing on what you need to focus on because I'm not, I'm not saying there's good or bad foods, but if you're eating Skittles 24-7, that, that's probably not going to help you get to your goals. Yeah, and again, with, with just, again, kind of explaining, right, um, there's a lot of huge psychological issue with like, right, carbs are bad, fat makes you fat, um, protein's bad for your livers and kidneys and stuff like that. Um, I think definitely flexible dieting it, and intuitively just teaches individuals, right, there's no such thing as a good food or a bad food, right? Um, and it, 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 it's more of that standpoint of, right, if you want a piece of cake, have that piece of cake. You just understand that later on that day, you're going to be sacrificing, right, a little bit more from your budget. And stuff like that, right? If your monthly budget, one month you want to buy a boat, you can buy the damn boat, but you're probably going to be limited throughout the rest of the month or the day or the week or your pay period um, of whatever other luxury things you're going to buy. Yo, if I um, bought a boat, I would literally not be able to eat Chick-fil-A ever again, probably. Oh, uh, that's sad. Chick-fil-A, see, great. So again, prime example, right? Chris has Chick-fil-A all the time. Sure, everyone's going to say, oh, when he's bulking, he can do that. No, he does it because, right, he's planning it in with his uh, macros and his calories, um, and allows him to do that. And then he's a little bit more probably strategic with what he eats throughout the rest of the day. So again, 
Um, right. If you're on a, if you're on a fat loss phase, you're really, really deep into, I guess, prep or a, a fat loss phase, right? You're probably not going to have that Chick-fil-A, right? Because it's more caloric dense. Sure. There's other options that, um, have higher protein, lower fat content and stuff. Um, but you're probably going to have more nutritional dense foods. Um, and I think the, the general rule that I always play uh, with myself and, be, and even with my clients, right? Is the 80, 20, right? 80% whole foods, right? Nutritional dense. So you can have your micronutrients and stuff like that. And the 20 foods or 20% could come from fun foods like cereal, um, anything like that, that you, you feel like you have those cravings. So again, you don't feel guilty, right? You're, you're planning ahead. You're putting them in whatever app or calorie counter that you're using. Um, and you're still able to not restrict yourself because we know from a lot of research, right? If you're continuously restricting yourself at the end of the day, you're going to, again, given to that that restriction and just binge and binge and binge and right that's why we find a lot of people in this site of this yo-yo cycle of um going up and down with weight or just falling in and out of a diet and i think again flexible dieting is i don't say it's a life it's a diet it's more of a lifestyle right you're learning a nutrition label and you're learning what to input in your body and with that learning you need to learn that this 80 20 rule is more so in your best interest because if you start to get that 20 to 50, 60, yes, you can still hit your goals with that. You might possibly have some health consequences like your blood pressure might go up or whatever else the case is, but ultimately you're going to be hungrier if you're eating these processed foods all the time. It's it's not going to be as satiety like broccoli that makes you feel full it really helps you control your hunger and that is an issue i'm currently running into that i'm currently starting to think okay maybe i can't have chick-fil-a once a day like (laughs) i'm getting to a point where i'm bulking and like i can eat food now like without a problem like at first it was really 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 hard for me to eat in a calorie surplus now if if i don't eat the right foods like if i don't have my normal hibachi like my rice with green beans and chicken and my oats meals like those are three meals that i have on a routine basis if i replace those out for one of the chick-fil-a then i'm more than likely gonna hit higher calories than what i'm supposed to for that day which i'm in a point where like okay i just put on a little bit extra body fat but i mean ultimately that's gonna cost like an extra two three weeks worth of dieting in the long run Mm. so that's something to take note too if you're in a dieting or if you're in a calorie surplus you're trying to bulk having more processed foods might hurt you because it might not really keep you satisfied in the way that it it should for hunger levels. So that's something you just really need to play around with yourself as well. Yeah, and I would say with flexible dieting, right, it's a great way for you to kind of have fun, figure out what works for you. Um, But I would say the best dieters or the best athletes, right, they pretty much damn near eat the same thing every day. But again, with flexible dieting, right, if you go out on a weekend or if you go to a birthday party or, you know, great hot things are coming up with holidays, um, you don't have to feel super restricted and be like, oh my God, I can't have that because, right, um, carbs are bad or fat makes you fat or um, it's just weird excuses that we hear all the time with it. Um, again, it's a lifestyle approach. Um, I think, again, the most most important thing that I found and then even my clients that have never heard of flexible dieting is, is again, they're just more aware of what amount of protein, carbs, and fats are in certain foods. And it's a weird skill to have that um, if you kind of say to somebody that's been tracking foods for a long time, you're like, hey, what's it, um, the macro uh, breakdown of an egg? Like you can just spit it out or um, you can just say, hey, that's about six ounces of chicken. Like it's a weird flex, but 
Um, I think it's valuable that, again, now that we've been doing this for years, we can kind of get away from tracking or we can kind of go into intuitive eating. But I think flexible dieting, again, it's a great lifestyle to learn um, what, again, protein, carbs, and fats are. And then for you to figure out the meals, the types of foods um, that you can kind of fit in with your budget um, to have long, sustained um, sustain maintainable success within either your bulk or your fat loss phase. And that's, now that you mentioned clients, let's talk about how one actually even follows this diet because you just can't willy-nilly follow a flexible dieting approach. Like you need some tools to help you guide you through the process. And some of those tools is, as you've heard, macros. We need to know how to track those. And you can do that with an app. You can do that with a notebook, like a diet a diet journal or whatever is going to help you track those you need to have a food scale you need a body weight scale and those three things are going to be very important to help guide you through this process without one of those it becomes a little bit more difficult which takes us that is a whole different conversation but i mean what are your thoughts about having those three things to help guide you through this flexible dieting yeah i definitely think uh, if I had to rank all three of those from chronological order, I definitely think a food scale is the most important thing, right? Um, as I, I mean, I can't have peanut butter, but I know plenty of people that love peanut butter, right? Their serving of peanut butter is probably about two to three, sometimes five I've even seen, um, just by asking simple pictures. So um, having that food scale, right? Don't do volume, right? Don't do anything like that, but do grams, ounces and stuff. And you'll actually have a true amount of what an actual serving is, right? So again, I think great thing of what flexible dieting does it actually teaches you how to read nutritional facts on certain foods and that weight scale or that food scale right it actually visually shows you this is one serving and you'll be shocked i was shocked when i used to start tracking my cereal a bowl shoot get the biggest bowl pour my cereal that's one <laughs> serving right apparently it's not so when you look at the serving size on the back of whatever cereal you're going to eat right you pour it in it's really not one, or my one serving was probably about five. Um, so when you start this cut, right, it actually teaches you, hey, this is one serving of whatever, cereal, peanut butter, whatever it is. Um, so it actually has you an objective measure of this is one serving. So with that one serving, right, now you have your protein, carbs, and fat breakdown. Um, and that can kind of, again, feed into your budget. And now you know what you have for the rest of the day. Um, but yeah, again, the scale, um, that's right. Yeah. yeah, that's that's such a, I, I don't want to say touchy subject, but um, it's all going to depend on the individual. And I know, Chris, you, you, you have many clients that you said that you don't even have them step on the scale. And why is that? I mean, you don't need a scale to tell you you're making progress. You can make progress by how your clothes are fitting, how you feel personally, how you... Uh, how your friends are complimenting you, how you're increasing weights in the gym, if your uh, measurements uh, that we take around certain parts of your body are going down or up, depending mm -hmm. on what your goals are. Those are all ways. But in, in this case, for flexible dieting, the scale is just a really good tool because it allows us to set your calories in a more beneficial way. Uh, now, you don't need it, but the biggest thing with the scale, and I, I'm starting to... I heard this, I forget where it was, it was from one of the people I follow on social media, but mm -hmm. the you need to show no emotion with the scale. And you need to, as a coach, you need to stress the importance of that, whether someone's acting like excited or if they're acting sad. Like show 
teach your client to show no emotion with the scale. It is mm -hmm. only a number. It is only a tool. Mm -hmm. There is no good or bad with the scale. If it drops one day, that's not good. It's just a Apples. method. Yeah, yeah, it's a method we're using to judge where we are going. So yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. But it's the scale's not needed, but it's just a really good tool. Yeah, and to kind of touch up on that too, right? It, it doesn't give you... It doesn't represent who you are as a person, right? Um, again, the scale, um, just that one objective measure, right? It doesn't tell you, hey, you're losing fat, gaining muscle, losing water. Maybe you're a little bit um, constipated that day. Maybe you ate a little late. So again, it could naturally fluctuate anywhere from three, I've even seen as much as eight pounds. Um, so again, don't place too much value on that one specific number. And I think Chris hit a lot of good points, right? How do you feel? How do your clothes are fitting, right? Um, I think for me personally, as a power lifter with my belt, I know if that thing starts getting a little tight, all right, boy, it, it's time to tighten up a little bit. But that's <laughs> the greatest thing, right? Uh, simple circumferences of certain body parts, right? And I, right, the waist specifically, um, right? You don't really gain muscle or anything like that. It's predominantly, right? You're either gaining or losing fat there. Um, so that's a great um, measurement to have throughout a fat loss or a, a bulking phase um, to ensure that, right, you're not putting on excessive uh, body fat, or you're not losing out of rapid uh, weight. Um, but I think the most important thing too um, is just how are you feeling, right? If you feel like complete dog shit and you're in a fat loss phase, right? Maybe we're being a little bit too too aggressive, or that could be a, a time for us to say, all right, then we can use strategies as like diet breaks or you know diet refeeds, stuff like that. Or a deload um, within the training. Exactly. That's something I'll mention to uh, some trainers like how often do you do your deload or how do you monitor your deloads or how do you know if you're going to do a deload some people don't even know what that is and uh, I mentioned on our interview with me is that's one of the biggest myths is trying to find this difference from people that are actually doing good like influencers or stuff and people that are possibly making things worse uh, but that is something you can find on the interview but that's yeah. just a big sensitive subject for me right now i just it's been irritating me a lot lately and again too too some with a lot of things um with flexible dieting or just having that if you just use a scale on an approach right um sometimes it's not going to move for one or two weeks and that's okay right it's not a, a plateau um right if if progress is linear right i think i don't think chris and i would have um careers as coaches or trainers um, but right, sometimes you have to stick it out. There's always going to be phases where things just going to be like, oh, things aren't working. I just want to quit. And some people will be like, all right, we have to take a more aggressive approach, add more cardio, um, restrict more food. And again, more is not always better. Um, sometimes you have to have those, I guess, difficult moments. But again, that's what we ask multiple or we take multiple measurements, right? Scale, um, your waist, how are you feeling in the gym? Stuff like that, right? One win is always better than no wins. Slow progress is always better than no progress. And that's one of the biggest things that I see within the general pop is maybe the scale's not budging. Maybe the scale's going up, but their main goal is like looking better and losing weight. Mm -hmm. But they don't realize that, okay, if I'm gaining weight, that might actually be making me look better if their body fat's going down. Mm -hmm. So not even the body, not even the weight on the scale, but also your body fat. That I don't, that's not something that I mentioned. The body fat is if your body fat's going down, if you can just monitor your body fat, I would much rather have some clients just monitor body fat only, mm -hmm. and then I can use an arbitrary weight number and go from there. And as long as we're decreasing body fat, if you're looking to improve your body image, 
we win as long as you're focusing on protein yeah. and training hard. Exactly. Yeah. I think even I have some clients that I don't even, when we've started, we're out of a fat loss phase and we go into reversal. Um, and I know that even coming to me at first, they're like, Hey, the scale does this, this, and this to me. I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll track it every once in a while in a fat loss phase. And as that detachment comes, uh, uh, lower with the scale. Um, but now that we're going to reverse, I literally tell them, Hey, I don't even want you to touch that scale. Um, hopefully they're listening to it, but, um, I'd rather, I just, progress pictures are the best thing for a lot of things to, again, make sure you're staying patient. Um, and visually, if you look better, who gives a fuck what this scale says? You know what I mean? Like if you feel good and you look good, I think that's the most important thing. Cause nobody as a bodybuilding bodybuilder, right? Nobody is looking at you on stage. Like, all right, yeah, he's got a defined six pack, everything strided, but how much does that dude weigh? Nobody really cares about that. If you look good and you feel good, by all means, you're doing everything you should be. You're doing the correct things. Yeah, and so that that's two big things. We have the food scale. We have the body weight scale that we talked about with following this diet. Let's talk about methods because there's actually a lot of issues I've ran into personally. Methods with tracking your food. What are some of the main apps that you uh, tell your clients or what that you're, you see your clients using? I guess some people have their own preferences and you don't even have to tell them what to use. They'll use MyFitnessPal yeah. or they'll use Billy Joe's app on <laughs> calorie counting. So yeah. what is some popular apps you see? Um, so I haven't really, honestly, personally never played around with any other app other than MyFitnessPal because I just think it's user-friendly, right? You scan a barcode with X amount of foods and boom, it kind of shoots out whatever food um, you're about to eat or consume. So... Um, but I think my fitness pal is a great tool. Um, but again, like you said, there's issues with it as in, right. If you are tracking your steps or your exercise or stuff like that, um, it can inherently increase your calories or, um, you could be eating at a surplus when you're really not supposed to. Um, and I found the most effective way is that is just make sure that individual is actually going to their macro page or their nutrition page and looking, Hey, this is what I'm eating X, Y, Z. Or what I also tell is like, right. You said, right. If you're not planning, right. You're planning to fail. So either the night before or the morning of, right? Literally break down your foods. Tell me what you're going to eat or tell yourself what you're going to eat. So now you have an execution of throughout the day. If that's what I'm going to eat, I'm not going to eat anymore because right that night before or that morning of, I have physically haven't done anything. So my macros or that that fault with my fitness pal shouldn't be there yet. Um, so just doing that, um, I think I've had a, a huge success with it. Um, but again, I think you, my fitness pal is also done where you can go into it and literally tell it not to track, um, activity. So, uh, that's where I think I've been well with. Um, but I know another issue is like, if you go over on a certain amount, it doesn't calculate it properly. But again, that's why I always say, Hey, the morning of, or the night before, just make sure you're planning ahead with what you're going to eat. So you can just execute it throughout the rest of the day. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's tons of apps to use. But the most important thing is just really making sure you're you're following your macro goals. That's that's one of the reasons why I'll actually just give a macro goal is to give someone more guidance and give them more direction on a daily basis of what they should be hitting. Because okay, my fitness pal is saying they're eating twenty five hundred, but they're actually eating two thousand. Mm-hmm. But if if they go away from calories, then okay. I'm two grams away from carbs. I went three grams over in fat and I hit my protein goal uh, or I was pretty near it. Like they had a really good day, but okay, for some reason my fitness pal is saying that they ate 500 calories more or 500 calories less. 
okay, well, you hit your goals, and when we go to put it into our spreadsheets. our spreadsheets or whatever your coach is using or should be using, then it's calculating out to be the right amount. And that's the most important thing is just making sure that you're double-checking what's going on to making sure you're staying on track. Yeah, and I, yeah, again, it's... Again, if you're if you're following macros, if you're being prescribed macros, I think that's the best method to write. Just pay attention to those. Don't worry about quote unquote calories. But in inherently, right, if you're hitting those macros, your calories should be at a certain spot. Are they going to be spot on? No. Um, I usually like to give ranges uh, for newbies. I like to do plus or minus 15 grams um, on carbs and protein, and then with fat, I like to do plus or minus six. Um, as the more quote unquote advanced somebody gets, I like to narrow those um, ranges. Um, just because I know their experience, I know that they know what they're doing, and they're, they they know what need, what needs to be done to hit those. Um, but right, you're not going to be perfect, right? If you're plus or minus thirty, I would even say above a hundred, right? That's a dub. Like you don't have to be quote unquote perfect. I'd rather you be within certain ranges consistently than stress about. Oh my god, I have to. I'm I'm one gram of carbohydrate away. I need to have a half a sour patch kid. Like no, that's just stupid. And honestly, if you're if you're coming within a hundred calories of your goal for the day. To be honest, you your activity could be either over or less than that, anyways, because I mean your your regular activity is going to increase or decrease your normal calories that you're expend you're using in a day. So I mean, okay, you might hit your calorie goal spot on, but man, you were so lazy today, so you might actually have been over in calories. So that's why you look at week to week or your weekly average as well and not just your daily numbers yeah so small wins daily will add up to big uh, consistent wins so again if you step on that scale and it's up five pounds who gives a damn Uh, take those averages um and if you see a downward trend if your if your goal is a fat loss phase right you're doing the right things um i think the biggest thing when i first started as coaching was like why am i not changing things every week or every day it's like or it's like if we have to first see how you were responding here, right? If you're not consistent enough within this week, within these macros, it's really irresponsible for me to change things up on you unless it's kind of to meet you where you're at. But I think hopefully, you know, my first prescribed macros should be doing that. Um, but yeah, again, if it's not broken, don't fix it. If you're continuously losing 0.5 to one pound per week, don't change it. Cause again, Right, adaptive thermogenesis is a thing. Um, let let it let it take its time course, and don't make it harder than it needs to be. So, like like we've I we mentioned earlier, I don't know if it was on this podcast or not, or if we were just talking, but I am in ten weeks of my bulk, and I have not adjusted my total calories at all. I've been at thirty nine twenty five since the start of my bulk, and I've been continuously increasing at the quarter percent to a half a percent mm-hmm. per week. Uh, I had one week where I was at like 1.4, but that's when I started creatine. So I'm thinking that had something to do with it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 10 weeks in, I haven't had to increase my calories at all. Yeah, so yeah. like, that's just crazy to me. I've put on eight pounds and I haven't had to change my calories at all. That's just, but I'm also feeling so much tired and I don't feel like doing as much during the day. So like my body's adjusting because it doesn't want me increasing weight. Yeah. So it's, that's just, if, if it's, if things are working, don't change it. Yeah. So yeah, now again, that's the great thing about flexible dieting, right? Chris has got a crazy busy schedule um, and he's able to kind of on the fly almost eat what he needs to eat to kind of hit his macros and his calorie goal. Is that the, sometimes, right, if he's experienced, so he can do that, but right, macro Tetris is a terrible thing to do. Um, that's why I think we've, we're going to continue to say, right, flexible dieting is a lifestyle. It's a great approach to make sure you can have foods that are right, nutritional dense that, right, that are good for your 
whole health performance, but also allows you to have those more caloric dense foods where, hey, I'm not driving myself stir crazy because that freaking piece of pie is staring at me in the face and telling me to eat it, um, right? I'm going to have it one time this week to kind of satisfy that craving, but right, I got goals, I got needs that I really want to achieve. Um, and again, flexible dieting is a, a lifestyle approach that allows me to have, right, that fun part of life and also that disciplined part of life where I want to hit my goals. So yeah, uh, Adam's sort of summarizing what we previously talked about, so I think this is a good time to summarize it. Basically, what Adam just said was, as you start with flexible dieting, you might need to pay a little bit more attention. You might might need to be a little bit more strict and paying attention to what you're eating or maybe just plan the previous day. But as you go, you'll be able to think of on the fly foods that you can stop in. Oh, okay, I'm going to get this chicken sandwich, but I'm not going to get my drink my, my Coke and my fries that I normally get at Chick-fil-A because it's not going to fit within. Uh, I think that's really important and also making sure you're getting the right foods so you're controlling your hunger. Uh, but ultimately, flexible dieting is a really good way just to change your lifestyle. Uh, it, it's not you can eat whatever whenever. You, it's preferable that you have some type of plan, whether it's goal macros or just protein, uh, protein goals and calorie goals. Yeah, you just can't eat Skittles all the time. You still got you got goals to get. Health is wealth. Yeah, health. Yeah, I mean, if you eat Skittles all the time, or if you eat olive oil twenty four seven, then you're gonna have some negative health consequences. Yes, yeah. And you, again, from a performance standpoint, right? All you're eating is Skittles, right? Your carbs, boom, they're gone. Um, what's kind of kind of fuel you through the rest of the day? So, again, you kind of the great thing about it is right, you're able to pick and choose what you want to eat. Almost again, minus time, right? What you want to eat, when you want to eat. Um, as long as it kind of, again, fits that macronutrient calorie budget that is uh, alluded to you. And I think that that's basically flexible dieting or, uh, I don't think we've mentioned this, if it fits your macros, yes, that's a big one. You, yeah, that's another terminology that's thrown yeah. out there. So yeah, again, if you guys questions, concerns about the podcast or just flexible dieting in general or tools, how to, or ways. Where can they find us on Instagram to yeah. send us messages? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, uh, I'm on IG at, at the coach AI. Um, and then Chris is at... At C-D-U-B-I-E-E. C-D-U-B-I-E. Yes. So if you have questions, concerns about flexible dieting or how to kind of set up your macros for whatever goal that you're doing, um, feel free to hit us up. Uh, we have no problem to help you guys out. Um, and we appreciate you tuning in and listening to us ramble about flexible dieting.